Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not lying, it is afternoon, mm. which is a rare thing for us. But um, but we have some very important things to talk about today. And I've forgotten what that is. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, the concept of did not finish. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> DNF. The DN- is that is that how we want to lead, really, or do we want to uh, make some fun of some people? Well, we could, like, first. go into the news or something, but it's all the same shit. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think we could just start off with it. Oh, I so, saw I something know. in the news recently that was, <laughs> that was so unusual. <laughs> did some did guy it? was, like, in a, some kind of political office, and he used Twitter in a fashion that... <laughs> did it involve four uh, seemingly uh, foreign congresswomen? Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it did. It was it was just crazy. Yeah, nuts. It's funny how that. It's just like the same pattern over and over again, which I don't understand at this point why anybody is shocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that out of the way, hey, yeah. the Tour de France started. First week's done. Mm. All right then. Speaking uh, of DNFing, is that, okay? is that what we're getting to? So no, actually, there, oh, okay. there was um, surprisingly. It, well, I know a couple of people dropped out from illness, and yeah. there was one of those things where, like, yeah, all the training in the world doesn't matter if your whole team gets some gastrointestinal bug at the restaurant. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I was I was in then, France when it which, started. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, it's the Tour de France. I'll go see a day of that. And then I realized that it was starting in Belgium or whatever. Yeah. So I didn't. You didn't go. No. Yeah. Well. It would have been cool to see. I would, I've would. i always wanted to, like, just, you know, be at the top of climb, see it one time. It'll happen eventually. Yeah. It's yeah, you got to find. It'd be better go to, to go to the Giro where the climbs are generally way steeper because <laughs> then they're going slower when they go by you. Yeah, I did. Just, <laughs> uh, I mean, I was. I. Um, I was on the climb up to the Col de la Grande Colombière during the during the Dauphiné one uh, yeah. in 2012 before I came to Bulgaria. Uh-huh. And uh, so I got on that climb and um, could uh, couldn't get up to the steep part because I was a bit late. I'd ridden from oh, the right. hotel and I was a little bit late, and they closed the road. Right, yeah. so I was on a part that was six percent. So they come by at like 22 miles yeah, yeah. an hour. <laughs> it was uh, fucking hilarious. I was just like, oh, well, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. There's the break and they're gone. There's well, the maybe, chasing maybe, group and they're gone. So we can, or maybe I can tell it backwards. Um, so after I threw in the towel, oh, I go back to that. I went yeah. to the finish to try to catch the pros. Oh, okay. Um, I missed them because they came in at like 415. <sighs> Yeah, it just flew. So the last, uh, the last mile is a thousand feet of gain, and it's like an average of like seventeen percent or something. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Oh like when you take a picture of it, that that was what I was, I was having a hard time to like trying to get the angle so you could tell just how steep it was. Yeah, but I walked down it, and because my legs were still kind of fucked up, I was like falling down it. My legs kept giving out because it was yeah. too steep to to stop, and it was so I. 
I shot that for a little bit. Uh, I saw the pro Alex one uh, from whatever pro team. Who cares? Yeah. But it was like seemingly all the pros that come through. They they're tired, but they all do wheelies and shit through the end. And you're like, yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you have that much left in the tank. You can like <laughs> wheelie across, one handed, do tricks. And or stuff. is it so steep that they just accidentally pull a wheelie? Yeah, indoes a little or opposite of it. Yeah wheelie back a little bit um, so actually let, let's back up a second because yeah, yeah. and, and i'll let me set it up for <laughs> how i got out of it and then you can <laughs> talk about how you got out of it how i oh yeah or didn't or you, you got what you went for yeah yeah okay so last year after rpi mm-hmm. um great race super fun and I decided, fuck, next year I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a bunch of races, you know. So I did one more like a road race after RPI last year, and then and thought, okay, next year I'm gonna sign up. So I signed up for, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna have a, a a one race in June, one in July, one in mid August, and that'll set me up perfectly for RPI mm-hmm. doing the stage race two weeks after the one in mid August. <laughs> and uh, um, so I signed up for all those races. The one in June got canceled. Um, it was up in Targi and I think they had a permitting problem. Oh, okay. Um, but, but that doesn't matter cause I wasn't going to go anyway. <laughs> cause after, after well, like, it's just made it easier to get your refund. It, yeah, exactly. Instead of having to beg or, you know, whatever. Um, cause I kind of, I, you know, as noted in the gravel camp episode, I, lo- I you know, I fell out of love with my bike mm-hmm. and after gravel camp, actually I rode like three days and then I just stopped and today, so it really was like marriage counseling. It, it, like, you're yeah. like, yeah, we can do this, and then a week after, like, no, uh, uh. no, we we really don't like each other very much. <laughs> and so, do so the bike's kids. just been in the basement, like sulking. Probably, I don't know. I don't go down there. It's in a totally dark closet. So, um, and yeah, so I rode like three times after gravel camp, and then I just stopped. And so today was the first day I rode mm-hmm. in a month. I, I swore off all exercise except for walking the yeah. puppy for a month. For whatever reason, I don't know. I went out today. I was like, "Oh, I actually." And I went out today because I wanted to, uh, not because I felt huge obligated. Distinction, huge. Yeah. And even though I wasn't going, I wasn't going that fast, and my heart rate, like, fucking heart dude. rate is in my mouth. I guess. <laughs> um, What's the heart rate where my lungs? I can taste my lungs. Yeah, yeah it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was and it was only it was an hour or something, an hour and fifteen minutes some pavement, some single track. And it was really nice. Yeah. And I, and, um, and wanting it changed it. But, but during the period when I was fully out of love with my bike, I, um, the, you know, the, the crusher and the tusher is a race that I, I've always heard about it. Mm-hmm. I think it, this year was the ninth year. Yeah. Or I think, yeah. 2010 was the first year. Yeah. Okay. Cause so, that's so, when he retired from being a pro. Okay. I think I put it on. So, um, yeah, so it's, so this was the ninth year, and I'd always heard about it, and thought, oh, early on when I heard, I was oh like, yeah, when oh, it first started, it was like a, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, it was, uh, I think um, it mimicked Leadville, and it's a month before Leadville. Oh, okay. So it mimics it as in ten thousand feet of gain in seventy miles, as a, as opposed to twelve thousand feet of gain in a hundred miles. Oh, okay. And so people would you know prep for that in order to go to Leadville, but then most people would say actually, crushers. <laughs> steeper and, and harder, worse and, and worse, the weather yeah. is always suspect like last you know, last year i wasn't there but, but it, it was explained to me it was 100 degrees in the valley and it was storming and 
and, and snowing at the top. Yeah. So, and it's up and down. So it's brutal. Yeah. I, yeah. So after gravel camp, when the counseling didn't work, um, <laughs> I just decided, fuck it. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm going to just sell my entry because yeah. the, the, the race sold out in like 45 minutes. Yeah. It takes yeah. 600 riders, I think, and yeah. sold out in like 45 minutes. So if you've got an entry fee, you could probably scalp it. You could probably actually turn a profit, but, um, yeah. uh, but I, I posted on the forum and found somebody to take it. So I was just like whew, off the hook. Cause I, there's no, I just realized there's no way I can, you know, the biggest day of climbing I'd had up to that yeah. point was like, well up till gravel camp Mm. well still even after that was only like three thousand feet of climbing so um i just realized there's no way i can go out and do this i just it didn't have the time enough time um and it's weird but the same exact thoughts went through my head (laughs) yeah and and i and i felt actually kind of comfortable with that because i was dnsing as opposed to dnfing yeah um which i'll I'm probably going to get over the whole DNF problem pretty soon in my life, maybe in about five and a half weeks. We'll see. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, when you mentioned uh, whatever it was last Thursday mm-hmm. or something that you were thinking that you were just going to drive down and, you know, go as far as you could. Mm-hmm. I thought, why didn't you sell your thing? <laughs> oh, cause because there was a lot of other shit going on for, uh, yeah. for one. And then two, you know, you might have pulled it out of the hat. No, and, it was never going to happen. But I will i didn't ever really want to do Crusher. Um, it just doesn't, the profile doesn't really match. Um, what you're, uh, how you're built, let's well, say. Yeah, or, or my interests. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. a lot of fucking climbing. It's always up and it's really steep. Um, it's not technical, which is fine. Um, when Tim Matthews last mm-hmm. year said, um, <laughs> told me he put a 38 on the front of his one by. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just like, wait, if you're putting a fucking 38 on, yeah. dude, what am I thinking? <laughs> like that I could go do that race with a 40 on the front. Like what, you know, 1040 yeah. on the back and 40 on the front. Yeah. And so no. he had 1040 and then a, um, and a 38 on the front last year, he said, oh, it's the perfect. Cause so I can climb on the 40. It's just that the 38 gives me just a little bit lighter touch on the yeah, pedal yeah. and, um, a little bit less on your legs. And he's the... done it every fucking year for oh, yeah. that it's been on. Yeah, yeah. And he was six this year. It's the text was kind of, it, it didn't have a sad clown face that mm. came with it, but, um, but it didn't sound like he was that thrilled. I, I might have made it. Th- I might have grabbed a picture of him because I think I okay. saw a third on. Okay. I missed first and second coming through. But I yeah, and I don't know if he was in doing the age group thing because normally if he does the age group, he's on the podium. Yeah. So he might have raced open or whatever that category is this year. I'm not. Yeah, I, and that was with the pros. But I, I'm pretty sure I saw him come through. I might even okay. have a picture of him. I'll have to look yeah. through it and see. Yeah. Um, yeah the, so you I, decided that you well, just I wasn't spied. thinking of doing it in the first place, and I think in the when they went on sale that day in the winter, I think I got some text from you that was like, Hey, this is the last day you can sign up for Crusher. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, no, it's, this is the last minute. Oh, you right, can right, probably yeah. So I, I got minutes. on and mistaken. <laughs> I just signed up thinking like, well, I can always not do it. Um, but you can't ever go back and say, Oh, I, I'm riding a bike. A lot. I really like to do that. Yeah. If you hadn't signed up in, 
Yeah, January or December. Mar- yeah, yeah, something. It was. It's, it's early. I mean, to make it. I think it was January. Okay. And so I started writing in February a little bit, and then March I really started writing, knowing like, oh man, I got to be. So I had a lot of miles. Um, March, April was good. May was actually pretty good too, mm-hmm. up until like June when I started helping Aaron prep for her thing, and then it was literally one bike ride over the course of like two months or so or month and a half and then i got when i was in Majorca, i was like oh yeah it's like at the end of this month so maybe i'll ride so i rode there for two hours <laughs> and i was like, that's like that's some serious time crunch cyclist training right yeah. there man well then i got back and uh zach my friend zach who i was kind of excited to to ride with again because i haven't raced with him for years and he texts me he's like you doing crusher this weekend and i was like well, now that I know it's this weekend, no. No. <laughs> I was like, I literally thought it was at the end of the month. And he was like, no, nope, it's Saturday. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to make that. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, he he was like, oh, you know, bummer face or whatever. He's like, I was really looking forward to riding with you. And I was like, well, we wouldn't be riding together anyway. It'd like, be like five minutes together. Yeah, and I was then... like, see, I'll see you at the start line. And then you would be on your own. And then I'd be on my own for like eight hours. Yeah. I, I was, I was looking at it like, well, what could I potentially finish it in if I'm not an idiot? Like if I go and I just like let everybody go and just go yeah. at whatever pace I can crawl through this thing. I didn't think I could have made the cut, but I don't think after after the first one, you're in real trouble. Like once you bomb down the coal to crush or whatever, you're yeah. you're so far away from anything that you're in like no man's land. And I was like, I don't, I don't have the mental space to be able to probably get that. So when I looked at it, I was like, well, I already signed up. I can't sell my ticket. It's a waste of money. I was like, mm, maybe I'll just go ride the first climb and then bail and then hang out for the rest of the day. Yeah. So I planned from the very beginning. I'm just going to ride up the first climb and then <laughs> go home. And then I got my gravel bike ready and I broke a spoke or something happened. And then like, w- like I got it fixed. It wouldn't hold air. And I was looking at the handlebar setup. I hated the handlebar setup. I didn't want, that's why I haven't been riding the gravel bike. I've been riding my MTB and I was just like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm just going to ride my full suspension mountain bike on it. And so I showed up, I was, I I mean, I, I, they didn't even email me anything. So I couldn't figure out a start time. So I, you know, friends were going, I was like, Hey, what time does this start? And they're like eight. And I was like, cool. If I leave Salt Lake at four in the morning, I'll probably get there in time to change and then line up. Yeah. So I went down there and sure enough, I got there at like 7.30. They're supposed to go off at 8. And I walked over to the thing. I was like, hey, where's our timing chip or whatever? And they're like, oh, well, you're late. We're already closed. I was like, I don't really give a shit. Like I paid for it. You either have it or you don't. But I'll just get on my bike and ride anyway. And they're like, we'll find it. I was like, okay, it's not like you're busy. Like (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck are you guys doing? So they found my chip. I put it on my bike. I rolled up and Zach was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I, like, I guess so. Well, you, were you wearing cutoffs or no. something? <laughs> like jeans? <laughs> no, I had like, you know, proper kit. And he's just like, man, it looks like you've really been lifting a lot of weights lately. <laughs> like, Thanks, man. It's like the kind of encouragement I need before 10,000 feet of gain. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was in the last group. I was in age group 35 to 40. And we got off lat. We're literally the last ones on the road. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I won't be like... In somebody's way. Or, yeah, probably, yeah. And I won't or, be like getting passed forever like a, by a yeah. line of people that are like, you know, I, there's always 
that weird guy in a Hawaiian shirt on a gravel bike with like <laughs> yeah flip flops with cleats on the bottom <laughs> yeah so on a are, single speed or some yeah, shit yeah, exactly. like passing me when I'm so I didn't want that and that uh, thankfully it wasn't like that so we went off in the group and it, fuck they, they went out so fucking hard and I was like well you know what I know I'm not going to finish so I might as well try to keep up <laughs> oh yeah so okay well th- that probably drained the tank a little faster than it might otherwise have I think emptied our average. So <laughs> you, you climb right out of Beaver. Like the first 10 miles on row on, on, on asphalt is it's very slight, but then it starts to get serious once you get into the Canyon and the first like 10 miles before we hit the bend and go up to the really steep stuff. It was like an average of like 19 miles an hour or something on a fucking mountain bike. Wow. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, talk about uh, tasting your lungs. It was yeah. like before it even started, the first 30 minutes, I was just like, oh, this is going to hurt so fucking bad. And then the climb started. So, and then it, it ramps right up. I think the first section is like a 17% little cut, and then it flattens, and then it goes another 17 or 19%. And then it's just that for 12 miles. All I can say is like 12 years ago or mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I'd have been like, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, same. And then now, I'm like, Oh, man, that sounds awful. There's not many letters different in those two words, awesome and awful. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I mean, I I told Zachary, I was like, don't even look back at me. Don't like. Yeah, and for fuck's sake, do not encourage me. Yeah, yeah, don't. Or tell me, lie to me and tell me I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, like, so I was just holding his wheel after and then around mile 20. So I held on for about 20 miles and then the group kind of splintered. And then it was me and Zach and I held him for about two miles. And then my eyes started to burn and my legs started to tingle. And I was like, yeah, this is my uh, this is my back off or I won't even make it to the top of the first climb. So I, I backed off just a hair um, and he kind of went off and then I was on my own and I just hit a playlist and kept climbing into nowhere and i hit the first aid station and i you know i was like ah oh, it's probably smart like i can be smart now because i'm not being idiotic so I, I went to get off my bike and i my legs were already locked up they were already and it was only an hour and 40 minutes in and my legs were totally oh, fucked and i was like jesus but i had been climbing for an hour and 45 minutes like, yeah. i don't know what i was expecting but i usually make it to the three hour before, before that so, yeah. starts happening i'm lucky that it didn't because i felt pretty good other than my legs yelling okay. like just grabbing kind of yeah you know cramping up because uh, if that didn't happen i would have for sure tried to go for go, it and if you'd gone down the backside, then <laughs> then i would be in trouble because yeah. if i started cramping going up the next part yeah you're totally fucked because then you're four hours from the finish on locked up legs which right. means you're five hours from the finish or whatever it, yeah so uh, I, I mean, I, I stopped for a minute. Do they I, have a broom wagon in that for that race, or do they just like let people die in the wilderness? I, I think <laughs> they're they yeah. There's a guy. Well, there's a guy. The guy finally came past when I was bombing back down, yeah. and I stopped and gave him my number so he yeah. DNF me for just so I didn't I didn't want to go through the line on accident when I yeah. went up to the finish. So 
Uh, they canceled that out, but I don't think there was a broom wagon. There's just a guy on a motorcycle making sure that everybody was not dead. Not dead. Yeah, which was nice. ha- probably hard to distinguish because for a minute, my bike was laid over on the middle of the road and I had my feet in a lake at the top of the climb <laughs> while, while the last guys like went past and they're like, you okay? And I was like, I'm perfect because I'm not fucking finishing this thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I get to go home. And they're like, oh. <laughs> what? So I felt kind of bad because I was like having a great time yeah. and the people were fucking suffering so bad that were passing me, asking me if I was okay, but I yeah. was just smiling. Yeah. And then I, I bombed down on empty roads on that climb. There was not a single bike anywhere. And I just went as fast as I possibly could down that Canyon. And then I stopped and I got in my car and I was like, Oh, there's an ice cream shop. And I literally got like an ice cream cone. And then went up to the finish. I was like, this is a fucking great day. It's like, it's like, I feel fantastic about this. A couple hours of climbing. Yeah. And, uh... and so when I when I had a hard time trying to deal with the DNF thing, because I've like that's always been a I've only not finished one race and it was semi-mechanical. Like I could have fixed the bike and got back on, but it would have been pointless. Oh, is that tour of the depot and the wind? No, no, that was that broke my derailleur. Derailleur, I was done yeah. for sure. Okay, um, that was mechanical. But the DNF that I was like semi choice was um, uh, hell of the north, and my wheel was rubbing up against my brake caliper, and I got off to fix it, and it took a minute, and they were gone, and I was like, well, there's no fucking point. Like there was only one more lap, I would have missed the, yeah. the big sprint anyway. So, but I always felt bad about that one race about not finishing it. I always felt like, oh, yeah. uh, like some weird like retribution that I have for my inability to do a trick or something. Like it's, I don't know what it is, but it's I, something. I don't that's know either. But it was like it, for me, it was a very like a, it's a serious thing, you know, for a long time, and now I'm kind of like, yeah. Well, and when yeah. I looked at it, I was like, look, I, I want to. Am I just old? No, but I, I, I want to sure. do other stuff yeah. and I want to enjoy it. So the the choice was, look, I obviously have the capacity to finish the thing, but it's not helpful because then I will be wrecked for the next like month. Like, yeah. my, like I was wrecked for the two days after and I only did oh, half of it. Bad, yeah. uh, pretty bad. Like, you know, like when that stuff starts happening, like your knees get out of whack because your quads are cramping yeah. so bad. It, it's just last rpi it took me like two months to fix my patellar tendon and like get that to track correctly i couldn't squat i couldn't do anything because it was just fucking disastrous so i was like okay like i obviously know that i can finish things so i'm not worried about that but i was like it would be nice to get some speed in with a big group go farther than i would on my own so i kind of used it as a ride Uh, i mean people could say that's an excuse it kind of is and it kind of isn't but uh, the only thing I was thinking about, because I rode for two hours today, and I was like, I just want to like it again. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't liked it for a really long time. I haven't like, uh, for, and I like cycling. Like when we're in Mallorca, I love riding with those guys because it's fun. There's no, I don't know, there's, it's not um, convoluted. You're riding to go see the land. Like you're you're riding for a purpose, not just like, oh, I'm going to get my heart rate up to this area and hold it for three hours. And then that'll make it so on the day I can hold my heart rate here for four hours. Like, yeah, it, it just seems like so pointless to do that stuff anymore. So really I'm trying to t- mostly change the concepts 
of why I'm doing certain things. Yeah. And I do want to do Rebecca's. I still don't know if I'll do the 100 or the 60 mile. Hey, I haven't signed up yet. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Well, you missed your shot at a discount. Uh-oh. You know, for the early sign up. Well, I paid $180 to go ride, you know, 50 <laughs> miles. So, like, I like, obviously don't care about that. Clearly, clearly, clearly yeah. <laughs> um, and I got a t-shirt and a pair of socks. Yeah. They're, like, the most expensive t-shirt and socks I own. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, Supreme then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't decided whether I want to do the 60 and now I'm at the place where I'm like, well, if I do do the hundred, then other people are going to, and it's just a stupid ego dick yeah. measuring contest. But, well, but so Keegan signed up for the hundred. Yeah. Trevor probably did. Yeah. Paul Becker. 60. 60. Yeah. So, okay. So whichever distance you choose, mm -hmm. you'll be able to, you know, I'll be fine. Yeah. No, but, you'll be able to hang with, there'll be people that you oh, know. Oh, no, I don't care about that because I would rather do it alone anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't, you don't sign up for a hundred mile bike ride because you want to hang out with people. And talk to them the it, entire time. Yeah, yeah. Like that's mostly, if, yeah. if, if, I mean, if I did, I would go ride bikes with Sean Kingery and he would talk to me for a hundred miles and I'd be like, Sean, like, <laughs> you're killing me. It's, oh, because he can talk. Because he can't. Can, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he, he entered the Colorado State crit championship nice. that seems appropriate <laughs> and apparently people on the start line mm -hmm. were talking talking to him they're like dude there's no climbs on this <laughs> why are you here and somebody else told him like i'm gonna get you back for what you did to me two weeks ago nice <laughs> I just like oh that was probably really good yeah and anyway he uh he said i I was really smart for, for part of it. <laughs> and then I couldn't help myself. I just went off the front. Oh my and God. then they caught me, and then I was no, no I was a non-factor non in the sprint. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, just, but he's been riding in a pack a lot more, which is good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He's been digging it, actually. That but he, he did say, don't tell anyone. So don't tell sorry me. I just outed you. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> so, it's like... Uh, I, I mean, that's kind of how I think about cycling now. It's like a self-help group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, it stays between us. Like yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It's more or less what it feels like. So I, I'll do RPI. I'll do it on a gravel bike. Although now I really do enjoy riding my mountain bike. Uh, mostly because it is single track and I don't have to talk to anybody. Like today I took Kenton yeah. out mm -hmm. and we just went up a trail. I didn't have to talk, do anything. We just rode for a couple hours and nice. then we're done. It was super easy ride. And I was like, uh, I could do this. Um, but I have to, like, the only reason I'm thinking about not doing the 100 mile is because there's a fitness in competition the weekend after that I have to do on oh, a team. And that right. is going to be messy. Yeah. Like, it's going to be really bad. And if you've committed to uh, the, if <clears throat> you're going to be riding on your own at RPI, whether it's 60 miles or 100 miles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's racing at the start and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but you're mostly, they, but generally you're not fucking, even if you're in a group, you're not mm -hmm. talking to those guys because you're breathing too hard. Um, but you, but what are you hating them? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're not taking long enough pulls on the front. God damn it. Um, <laughs> I eat twice as long as the pull that I'm willing to take. Right. Uh, so, um, but you, Whatever you choose there, however it plays out, you won't be letting anyone down. But if you go, you've committed to be part of this team for the fitness competition, yeah. and you always compete really well. Whoever is on your team is counting on you to do that. Sure, that you normally do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and, and the that biggest makes difference. Sense. The biggest difference is like I can ride sixty miles pretty fast. Like that's well within my wheelhouse, yeah. and 
it would it would be beneficial to the next endeavor. The hundred will destroy me. I'm yeah. bad at it. I don't need the experience. I already experience that and know that it's not in my wheelhouse. Although yeah. there's some part of me that wants to like smile at Keegan when he feels it for the first time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of yeah. like this hopelessness at mile yeah. 51 when you're like halfway. Are you fucking kidding me? Like that, I, I kind of want to see that. But that's also, again, it's a, like... I'm sensitive to that and know that I wouldn't want to be there because he wouldn't be able to experience it the same. And then yeah. you'd feel like if somebody's around you when you're having that experience, you don't want them to be around. Even if somebody you really respect or it's a friend, in fact, more likely go, go like, leave me here. Save yourself. Yeah, 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 leave yeah, me. Like, <laughs> I'm not handling this well. And yeah. uh, in that case, he would be on his own anyway. Although somebody better take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'll pro probably aim for the 60 mile. In which case, this thing then becomes really useful. So I'll just ask Dan Bailey. He'll probably be down from Anchorage to, to shoot that. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it'll be, yeah. there, there should be a number of photographers, but I think Dan will be down and I'll just say, hey, show him a photo of Endurance Jesus. And yeah. just say, when you see this dude. Yeah. No, shoot away. I just, yeah, follow. Yeah. Follow. Make sure, you know, somewhere around mile 45 to mile 48, that, those, that little switchback section. It goes up out of the back end of the loop. I'd like you to be right there. You know what I'm thinking we should start? <laughs> the disciples page of the Endurance Jesus. Oh my God. We're accepting 12 members. <laughs> One of them can quit later under like varying circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we need at least 12. I, I think there'll be a lot of applicants for that one <laughs> yeah. and not so many for the other 11. Like, what they get? They got a dinner out of it. Or I'm something, Endurance right? Judas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe I'm Endurance Judas. Judas. Yeah. Sorry, Keegan. I left you on a 100 mile bike ride. Exactly. Like, no, get him out. There. Like, get him to just get him to hold a pace higher than he would self select mm -hmm. all the way out to the halfway point and oh then just God. leave him. That really is like that. <laughs> that ability to, and you know, it's kind of like with enough experience, you're like, man, this is a really bad idea. I could let go and be totally fine. And I could articulate in a very um, controlled manner, my pacing and my strategy and my, my plan. And I could finish this thing, but no, I'm going to throw that all out the window because somebody else is going faster than me. <laughs> it just, we need it and we also don't need it at the same time. It is yeah. the, like, I, I needed it. I needed to hurt that bad. I needed to get my legs so fucked up that I could quit. But I needed them to be damaged at the right time. Like, <laughs> like, like I need to be very careful. But but that's, that's what years and years and years of endurance practice will allow you to do is to go right up to that line and yeah. then just completely... Fuck yourself for only a two day recovery. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to yeah. like going so deep that it takes, like you said, a couple of months. Well when you're burning and I taught so I um I went and shot the finish, which is really great. It sucked because I uh it started to to storm and I was getting I mean, I was shooting so I was starting to get exactly what I wanted. Before I was like, ah, this is fucking boring. Like yeah. watching people finish is fucking stupid. <laughs> like I want to watch people not finish. <laughs> like I want to, or barely finish or yeah. bar like 
that becomes the the interesting human yeah so the so the attraction thing. is like i want to go shoot the pros as they finish yeah. you know there's like that thing in your head yeah. and you're like that's going to be boring because they're going to be doing wheelies yeah. no i want to see the <laughs> I, I need to stick around for the people who are coming in at like seven hours yeah or whatever straggling you know, or is like yeah or or people that lit themselves on fire in order to finish it like you know 550 or something yeah. close to the set because if you go sub six that's a fairly competent writer like okay. you're not beating anybody but you are suffering better than other people okay. i think and so there was something that i saw between 5 30 and 6 15 where either people who gave up that were really good and they just puttered in and they were just pissed at themselves or you saw people extending their ability past what they don't deserve to hit yeah and they were just like frothing at the mouth drool all over their stem <sighs> And I was like, I'm starting to get some of those pictures. And finally the light shifted because the cloud comer came over and then it got really dark. And that, that's how I like to shoot. The sh shooting in bright daylight is fucking irritating to me. Like it, there's just, it's flat. It's, yeah. it's really hard to get any definition. So it started to storm and I got a couple videos, like the video I posted on my Instagram was right when the thunder was crackling. And okay. That person was like basically paper boying up the last <laughs> segment. And, uh, then my fucking battery died. Oh, hail Sony. Yeah. Well, this one, I mean, I just forgot to charge it. Okay. I, I mean, I made no plans to go. I mean, yeah. the whole thing makes total sense to me now. <laughs> <laughs> my battery died on my camera. Yeah. Just like it had previously died in my legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the battery in my body shut down. Um, but then I, so I was just walking around cause I, you know, um, they make it, they shuttle you up to the top. It's like a mile and a half walk from the parking lot. Okay. And I was waiting to see if I could see Zach because I was going to offer him a ride back. Cause it's a 25 mile ride back into town. Yeah, okay. It's all downhill, but still, yeah, it's 25 miles. Yeah. Like you're still on a bike when you probably don't want to be on a bike. Yeah. I think the the last day, the second day of the Everest challenge, that last climb, you end up in the fucking bristlecone forest or near it. And then, and that's the finish line is up there and you're still like, I think it's 20 or 25 back to where you parked. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's mostly, it's 6,000 feet of loss, yeah. but every tiny flat yeah. or slightly uphill section, well, man. just want to die. Yeah, I, but I didn't see him. I must have missed him by like a minute or two. Okay. So he came through, I think he finished in sub seven. He had some issues because it, when he dropped down the Cold of Crush, he said it was 102, according to his Garmin at the bottom floor. And then when he started coming back up, it was hailing. So on the second <laughs> climb, it was hailing. When it was storming by me, it was hailing by him. Um, and a couple wow. of guys, like uh, the one guy on the Canyon team, or I guess it's Hangar 15 now, but he was an old Canyon guy. Um, he saw me and I waved at him. He's like, seven flats, man. I was like, holy shit. How frustrating that would be. Oh, Because it's, it's a mechanical, like... Yeah. You're more than likely to run into mechanical issues than you are physiological issues, I think. Because if you start like you, I did, you know how bad it's going to be. And so yeah. you're probably, unlike me, prepared appropriately by training at least a little bit. Um, but when I got back down, I started the gas station. Then I ran into, I parked literally right behind Nate Pack when he was uh, filling oh. up his car. And I was like, oh, what are the odds? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so we started talking about it and he he broke a wheel even before we turned onto gravel, like on the pavement still. 
he broke a wheel. Whoa. So he broke a spoke, pancaked it, and then he like wrapped the spoke around because the guy, his, his friend that he always rides with, I forgot his name, um, skinny guy, the climber. Fuck. His cousin, Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne. Yeah. Um, Dwayne just went up the road because he's Dwayne. And uh, he was like, oh, fuck, I don't have to do this race. And he's like, awesome, I'll just go back to the car. Fuck, Dwayne has the keys. <laughs> So there's a way that you can kind of cut through and meet them at the bottom. Okay. So he met, he just waited at the bottom and he watched the pros go by and then he got the keys from Dwayne and went and got the car or whatever. Um, <laughs> just, but he was so pissed about it. Like he was just like fucking bikes and this and that. And I mean, he's, I don't think he was swearing cause he's yeah. impact, but yeah. Um, he would, he was talking because he had a pretty bad episode with the the thirty hour thing. Yeah. So he bailed, I think, at hour twenty two or something around that, and then he also tried to make up for that by burning himself on his birthday by doing twelve. Was I, what was the plan? Was twelve ascents up Little Cottonwood Canyon? Yeah, something to equal. Yeah, and he was thinking about doing Powder Mountain, and I was like, Yeah, of the Everesting of Powder Mountain. Yeah. yeah. So he's trying to do a little Conway Canyon implodes like anybody might <laughs> on six yeah. or seven or something. I'll, I'll get to the text here in a second. Um, so, so he was, so he's explaining these failures of this year and he's super frustrated with the whole thing. And then this happens and you know, this isn't his race anyway, cause there's so much elevation gain. He's, yeah. He's like, he's explaining his topological thing is basically, you know, loaded jaw looks like what he wants it to be. But, he's explaining his disappointment from all the failures. He's kind of given up on training for it. And my thought was, well, that's actually perfect because if, if you were allowed, like if you had the capacity or you didn't quit the 30 hour thing, your brain would be fried for the next year. Like there's no oh, coming yeah. back from that. That's, yeah. that's 30 hours of like some of the most, hor- especially cause he probably quit right when it's about to get serious. Yeah. The last third is the serious part here. Let me read. So mm-hmm. this is, so before that mm-hmm. was, Hey Mark, I turned 43 yesterday. My gift in quotation marks <laughs> to myself was to ride little cottonwood Canyon nine times and accumulate 30,000 feet of climbing uh, in one push. I quit after six laps and 20,000 feet of climbing. Uh, and that took 12 hours and 26 minutes. Um, with my lower back and quads completely blown, even with two clothing swaps, reasonable pacing and nutrition, I broke down mentally from the cold and gray skies and the lack of a real hill climb prep. Um, <laughs> I made some comments about, you know, something or other, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I think my mind broke this time because my back broke. <laughs> I was reduced to a crawl under heavy strain. Um, it's just like, wow, that's fucking crazy. So then, um, he went up, so they tried the Rockwell mm. uh, thing, and he was with Dwayne. Uh, he said, I, I quit Rockwell at mile 284 in Boulder, <sighs> Utah, after 19,000 feet climbed. I overcame some mechanicals, serious vomiting delays, Dwayne's, <laughs> not mine, sore feet, and a fuck ton of headwinds. The ride simply wore down my will until I didn't want to continue. <laughs> like, yeah. And he said, sure, I was sore and tired and cutting the time close, even knowing the last 40% of the course is easier, but I just didn't care anymore. A lot of mixed feelings. We'll get him in here to talk about that. But um, after that, I was I was kind of surprised, like, that he went to crush, that he didn't just focus, like, take some time off and then focus on Logan Jackson, you know, late Labor Day weekend. Yeah, so my thought, and this is kind of what we talked about, and this was an interesting thing, is like, um, success 
especially in these efforts that burn brain tissue is the only way I can. Um, <laughs> yeah. Success does not breed success. Like failure usually breeds success because you're stopping short of what would stop you from training correctly or, or something along those lines. And it's not yeah, all true, but how I looked at it was like, I mean, how we, um, uh, Payson in talking about redoing the white rim thing was very similar. And we'll have him on here because I wanted to ask him about yeah. it because he, he couldn't even fathom doing that again. It's like, yeah, that. <laughs> what did you burn besides, you know, it's not just carbohydrate. Yeah. Like you're giving up some, and if you want to get spiritual with it, like you sell your soul a little bit in order to get through some of these things. Yeah. You give, and what you're paying with is your desire. And that's, I think, Finite. For things like it's finite, yeah, yeah. At some point, and and it can be, and obviously it can be regenerated, but that takes time. Mm -hmm. And something that um, he and I had texted back and forth about, I was just like, yeah, dude, it'll be, it it it, it might be a while before I, something like that pops again. That would, because because it's not like that was off the couch. It wasn't like part of his, you know, annual race program. Right, or, right, you know, right, or, yeah, yeah. or he was in his annual race program. He was like, yeah. on it. Oh, on that weekend, I'm just going to go do, do that. No, yeah. it was just fucking winter prep. Right. And um, to to get ready for that thing, and then to find the day and get all you know all the infrastructure in, in involved to support it and and document it and that kind of thing, um, that shit just doesn't. It's not free, and uh, and it, and it definitely it takes a long time for that desire to come back. Which I'm pretending that that's what I'm experiencing right now. It's just like I'm waiting for it to come back, and or and then. You know, always in the past in my life, I knew it would. Yeah. Right now, I'm not sure. I, I don't like. I don't. I don't have that much experience with it. Um, I mean, I felt a little bit of when I was racing because I would. I would do. I was just frothing at the mouth and like hurting myself. So that doesn't count. But then when I started to plan on stuff, and when you exchange. <laughs> the visceral reaction to just wanting to beat people because you want to beat yourself up, you, um, you start having to plan differently and then you have to actually care for your own mental state Yeah, and understanding like how finicky it is with preparation and the letdowns with like training, not progressing appropriately or things not working out how they should. And then eventually on the day of a big planned objective, it never comes around right. Like it never, it yeah. never seems to like fall the pieces in uh, together correctly. So, yeah, fall into place correctly. Yeah, yeah, it falls to pieces correctly. Yeah, it does fall <laughs> to pieces correctly. <laughs> Dyslexia is hitting hard today. They, um, but okay. So, 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 do you think that part of that is because it's, it's, it's an objective? And this is something that, for, that was always, you know, somewhat problematic for me, um, coming from the mountains where the main thing was like, you're going to set up the conditions to, you know, to be as good as possible. My physical mm -hmm. condition, all the planning preparation, and then we wait for conditions on the, you know, on the mountain to be good. Mm -hmm. And for those conditions on the mountain, snow, ice, et cetera, to be good to coincide with the period of good weather, which, mm. you know, okay. So you have all this, this Very random soon. stuff, but it's, it's never going to be like, yeah, on July 15th or, you know, 13th or whatever it is, I have to do this thing. 
Yeah. Right. So it's a very because it's a it's a, it's an event that involves a ton of people. Mm-hmm. You don't have any sort of latitude in a ride. It's like a, you, you can't do the race Friday and you can't yeah, do it yeah. Sunday. It's on fucking Saturday, hmm. and and so the the thing, and I think that's part been part of it for me is like oh if I have an idea okay so sometime in September let's say I want to do you know this event. Mm-hmm. Schedule's flexible enough. It could happen on a Wednesday. It doesn't need to be a weekend, mm-hmm. right? It's going to have to correspond with the right right weather, temperature conditions, blah, you know, partner slash teammate availability potentially or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, like I would say one of the coolest things that I've seen related to a bike, gravel bike mm-hmm. mostly, is that high-low Cali video oh, that's yeah, on the yeah, Cannondale yeah. site where they started at Badwater yeah. and you know rode to the top of White Mountain or whatever stashed could, some stuff along and, the and way, had yeah. sta- you know had had pre-planned a couple of caches um driven out into Death Valley mm-hmm. and stuff so that they could cache some food and some water cuz there's a, there's points along that like it's like the last fucking 100 miles or whatever or something that there's no there's no support there's no nothing so yeah. you need to um and they and those three dudes they went super fucking light and yeah, yeah. um uh <laughs> I think they and, had like uh, like aluminum blanket kind of deal for yeah the, yeah like the, the, the emergency blanket kind of thing where they're like shivering because it got down to 34 degrees or whatever they're shivering mm-hmm. in an outhouse somewhere you know at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. waiting for the sun to come up because it got too cold to ride um and then it was you know somewhere close to 100 degrees at some point and i don't remember what time of year they did that but some of something like that so there's mm-hmm. a big ass challenge like a and I think, if I recall correctly, they, they went. They were moving thirty hours or thirty-three hours, pretty much nonstop. I'm like, and maybe it's a bit more, but um, but somewhere in that that you know, mm. more than thirty, less than forty hours. And I think, oh, that seems, um, you know, or th- that seems like the right. If I could ever get comfortable on a bike, and I've never had one that actually <laughs> made me feel good in any way. Seriously. Um, you know, for to, to go for something that long. Like, there's an objective that you would kind of decide, okay, somewhere in this two-week or three-week window, we're going to try and do this thing because otherwise mm. it's too hot or after that mm. it's too cold, or, you know, whatever. Um, and so we're going to try and get it done then. But it's not specifically on that one day right. where, you know, okay, at 8 a.m. in the morning, I got to fucking flip the switch and go super hard. So the, the only thing I can compare this to is um, that – the the last real competition that I've done the one um, 2017 that I inched in and qualified for was Alpha Games and I kind of knew like I was going to prep for that seriously because I kind of knew that was going to be one of my last times that it actually be able or relevant to be able to do something like that um, because I it, like how the sport was developing is like the people that are coming in are so horse powered that there's just no, like, unless I'm training full time, probably taking a massive amount of trucks to deal with my deficiencies, there's no way I can keep up strength wise or otherwise. I just have too many, too many nagging things. Um, so I planned pretty seriously and trained for three months for that. Um, and then I tore my quad a month out. And so I was like, oh, this is what happens when it has like getting to like, it's on this day there's no, I can't yeah. push it. I'm not ever going to qualify again. So it was almost like a, all right, well, this is my taper. <laughs> like this is my, this is my way to, you know, modify my training in order to work on weaknesses. So I, I actually worked it out. So I didn't squat for a month 
didn't put any pressure on it and it started to heal a little bit. And I was hoping that some of the events over two days wouldn't have squat movements. It turns out that was wrong. Um, but I was a little bit behind, but I knew going into it that I, I, once I get there, I know I can eke things out on the day. Like that, that's my, that's my one talent is like on the day, if a gun goes off, no matter like what the conditions are, no matter what the weather, that's when I'm usually at my best. No matter, and mostly because other people are bitching about things like I didn't have this or like, oh, it's raining. You're like in the fucking water. Who cares? Yeah. You're swimming. You're already wet. I've always found that if I'm on the line, the worse the conditions, the better I do. The worse like people are prepared, the better I do. The worse, the hotter it is, the better I do. Like the more people are complaining because I generally good at that stuff. So as soon as it started, like I knew I was going to have to hurt myself to be able to do it. And I burned (laughs) so much brain tissue over two days that I knew like, I'm not going to come back from this. Like I ended up, I ended up first place and then lost it by three seconds in the final. Um, and it like, like the amount of tissue that I burned in that last workout. Like, I don't, I just remember having, I had to tell myself right before it started, like, I'm going to hurt myself. Like you're going to have to hurt if I'm, if I'm even going to like pull this out. And I've never gone that hard in my entire life. And I didn't have it in the last three seconds. That kid just walked away and deserved it. It was just like, I, like I burned everything that I had. And then when it finished, like, I don't care so much about that. Cause I'm fine with second place. Like I, you know, it was earned. Yeah. And, and it beats the hell out of my 80th. Also. Yeah. It was like, I qualified barely. Like, I, I think they notified me after they found a bunk video that I had qualified. And so I barely eked in. So somebody else had cheated on their or something. Yeah. Or, or something wasn't quite right. Okay. And that have, this is what yeah. the irritation is like, okay, out of 80 people, I end up first the entire weekend, but I have the worst fucking qualifying video. Like none of this makes any sense. So uh, I knew after that video uh, or after that competition, I was going to be pretty fucked up. I didn't know I'd be fucked up for like two years. Oh, <laughs> like there was, I didn't even look at training. I didn't care. I mean, I would still exercise, but I did not care about anything. And I think it was the residue of how, like what it took to play second in that thing. And the three months working up to that, that cost me two years of any progress after that. What do you think? Um, well, a, that's a tragedy. I mean, that's like, I, I mean, I, and I and I didn't mean that to be flippant. <laughs> yeah, that's a serious fucking negative unintended outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, th- is there, like if, let's just say the desire was back and mm-hmm. similar type of event, this, that, the other thing for the, you know, you're going to have like three or four months to prep for mm-hmm. it. Um, you know how hard you're going to have to go. What, is there something you would do, you know, some type of, you know, more volume type training going in, uh, you know, something, is there, is there any way to cushion that effect to, to, to be able to recover faster, to sort of soften the blo- you know, the, the devastation? Yeah. I, I think more volume is probably the answer. More steady volume. Um, I mean, there's some little technical things that I would change. I mean, um, I'm just, I'm just feeling a little math moment. 
yeah right oh now. yeah 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 like, like i was breaking myself in the training too because i knew do I you knew, think people are going like what's math oh yeah right <laughs> math, now math tone stuff <laughs> um yeah i think there's but there's also this um cal Dietz talks about this too when he preps a team or anything especially track and field he gets basically a there's something with NCAA rules that he's not allowed to touch them for 10 days before a certain period and then it's on then competition is starting. I don't know okay. what it is exactly. I should probably figure out the details, but he was describing it as like that's my taper. He's like I try to break those fucking kids. Now not overtrain them, but I am super compensating. He's like what I look for are the telltale signs. Sickness <laughs> Like the flu, a cold, <laughs> yeah. something that tells me that their immune system is so low that now they're finally reached the bottom point and then I can let go. So he's like, if they're sick, the week, couple days before that 10 day period, I know I did my job. He's like, I know that they will compensate and they'll come back and they'll have, you know, 30, 40 pounds on their lifts. They'll have the best performance of their life. Wow. Because they dug so deep. And so when I look at some of that <clears throat> stuff, when I look at most of my injuries, or, you know, stuff that happens around prepping for something, it's yeah. the same consequence. And when I look at how I built Aaron's program, um, she was sick right before she needed to peak, um, which is, I mean, we probably missed it by like two or three days. Okay. I think, yeah, if she would have got over the jet lag, I mean, she was fit in, in, in France like that. There's no question she had an engine on her. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> and we'll see how long it takes her to recover from this because I mean, five competitions in four weeks or something, um, and all of them pretty, I think accidentally brutal. Like the second one, the tribal clash was way too hard on her. That was way too deep. Um, that, that for, a, for a prep comp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was way, way too deep. She never came back from that appropriately cause she was just managing injuries. Um, but we'll see, like I'll see how long she needs before she gets that itch. It's like this last one, about two years, and then about six months ago, I was like, okay, I can't be a piece of shit anymore. Like I need, like, I, I have to do something, and I'm not good at anything. So I was like, uh, I guess I could do CrossFit, <laughs> um, which I don't mean that in a in a in a sense that shitty people can do CrossFit because they absolutely can't at the highest levels. Yeah. But it allows me to train the volume that I'm able to train and compete in a thing so yeah that itch came up um the brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament thing isn't really an itch it's something that i have to like make myself do um but it's too terrifying to be an itch so i'm just like forcing myself to do that until hopefully it turns the corner and then i think when it turns a corner i'll get a little bit antsy about training that but right now i'm not i have to just manage it it's like forcing training forcing training and there's a difference like when you're motivated to want to either win something or beat the piss out of other people and prove a point, you, there's no question. You wake up and you know what needs to be done. Yeah. There, there's no like, oh man, I'm tired. It's like, no, you wake up and swim because that's your 20 minute window to swim. And then you go to the gym and you have 45 minutes in order to hit this and then yada, yada, yada. That when I look at it, like when you want to win something, it, the training is easy to manage is just show up and do it. And, it, and it's, yeah. you go as hard as you fucking can ever, even though you're not, oh, you're supposed to do 85. It doesn't matter. Like, but that is contingent on the, the, you know, pre-existing you know, desire mm -hmm. in, a, in a sense, like, yeah, you just show up and do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It sounds super fucking easy, but without the underlying motivation, 
Yeah. It's not easy. And I think that a, that's the, where, where most people find themselves. They don't really want to do it. And you know, because yeah. there is no object, there's no end point. There's no objective there, or, or something, you know, that, that that's defined or that they have assigned enough value that they're willing to wake up and swim those 20 minutes and go to the gym for 45 because mm-hmm. that's the, that what they have to do um, to, you know, it's the only time of day that they can do it. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and, and so, you know, I, I think the desire has to be like, if you want to train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. you will, you'll go more often. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, you know, if you yeah, really want to do this company. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But well, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have to. What? I mean, well, I, I mean, and I say that, that, like, what does I that mean? <laughs> I don't force it right now. I, I go on a schedule and I, and I stopped myself before. Like, so I wanted a year of, training injury free yeah like i wanted to be able to mix it in and then when that didn't happen after three months (laughs) well i just now it's pretty good like now i can manage it and i was three i'm going like it was three days a week and now i'm up to four oh okay and so my whole deal i've been holding back on it because i tend to get a little obsessed with stuff and then i get unbalanced and then i get injured so i'm trying to take the different approach of not getting obsessed with something even though it's so easy to do it like especially with that particular oh yeah it hits all the right chords and it it like it's terrifying it's gratifying it's uh, it's fun to train with those guys like the the people involved into it make it really easy um the 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 only the competition part of it is the only part that i'm kind of hesitant about where i go Mm -hmm. i don't know if this will ruin it for me like i don't know if the competition will take me out of what i enjoy about it i'm not as it's been explained by a couple different people that that's in fact what happened to them. Like they love oh. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. They went down the competition route and now they want like, like, yeah, they do it. But At what level did they start? What, what belt color did they start competing? White. And they are now black belts. <laughs> and they said, man, it, it, like it took them a really long time to come back and get rid of the competition thing. Like, so if they had started competing as purple or brown, maybe better. But then I hear the opposite okay. um, of, no, do it as soon as you can. Like, get in, do as many as a white belt as possible because when you get to the higher belts, it just gets more and more serious. And that's true. Like, if you can manage the fear of being with an unskilled person, it's really easy to manage the fear with a skilled person. Okay, yeah. Um, the fear changes. Now it's internal or, or whatever. So I, I, I put in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu thing. It's still there. I'm, uh, I think there's a competition in October that I have to do. Um, that's still there. The, the bike riding thing, I'm not interested in racing bikes whatsoever. Um, but I do like these longer kind of experiences. I like riding my bike by myself, yeah, like in the middle of the afternoon, uh, and on the weekends or whatever <laughs> that that's enjoyable to me. And some of these longer things ensure that I get on a bike and enjoy it so that I can do, the so longer you can do stuff. the longer thing. Yeah. The, the finding the motivation to train is usually starts as, man, I want to prove that I am better than X, that, that person, her, him, yes. whatever. It's an external thing. And then eventually I think it changes. And now that now I, there's still, you still want to beat other people. You still want to prove your place. You, there's a hierarchical thing going on. Yeah, you want to identify your, your place. But there's it's, an experience you, you can only have if you're prepared enough to have. And that the it's the removal of all the external things. And, that, and I had a little bit of that on Saturday, even though it was like giving up. It's like, no, now the other people don't matter. It's hard enough 
the music is loud enough and I hurt bad enough and, and, and all the all the sensory stuff goes away that I, you find this place where you just need to be, where you're experiencing something. Yeah. And you can only do that if you prepare for it. If you have a solid enough foundation to sit on. Yeah. Like, and you're not... Yeah. The doubts don't start swirling in the first 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's yeah. say, like, at least you can get deep enough to... to yeah, and it's, it takes others to provoke you. Like we're saying, like, can, I, I need yeah. another's wheel in order to go to a place that I haven't been before because yeah. I'm too smart to go, no, I, yourself yeah, I can't yeah. do that on my own. Yeah. Sometimes I can. I can turn it inside like, out. I can't do that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's something about, like, the CrossFit competitions, There's there's moments in there where... Um, you'll you'll be going, and if you have the wherewithal to look to the left and the right and see where you're placed at, and be able to find another gear, like you're prepared enough to have an experience, even though it's short, even though it's this. It's I mean, it's so hyper intense, but that's what I've really enjoyed about them is that they're like, man, in five minutes you can really get to where you need to go. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it sucks. It's not you don't need sunscreen. And <laughs> most of the time, well, the French throw down, there was definitely a lot of sunscreen going yeah. on. Um, so th- there's little bits here and there that are relevant. And that's why I tried to mix all of them. And what I'm finding is like, yeah, I set out to do some six hour stuff, set out to do some uh, tournament stuff, skill based stuff, and then set out to do some really general fitness stuff. What ends up happening accidentally is, man, I just become a general, like it's, you start not wanting to interrupt one experience. So you start to mash it all together. And now it's just a general fitness experience because I don't want to go over 60 miles because it'll ruin what I can do in two to three minutes. Yeah. And I don't want to risk injury doing this one specific skill set because it'll ruin the fact that I can't compete or lift or do. Or go to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like, yeah. you know, blow my shoulder, you know, jerking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so you you get really like, man, now am I diluting one activity in order to experience or am I diluting one and that's making me dilute the other? So now it's just like a really soft experience in all of them. In all of them, yeah. I mean, I think as long as you don't, um, well, where you are right now is going to change in in your life. Yeah, for for sure, yeah. (laughs) So... Pick up kiteboard, whatever the fuck the next thing is. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, I'd I'd pick up something like if you something where that's going to be good when it's hot. Mm. You know, because climate change. <laughs> okay, there's our PSA for the moment. Choose a sport you can do. I, when it's hot. Um, anyway. Uh, well, do you um, think you can still have that? Like, if we describe the experience on a bike, I mean. Do you think you can still have that? I don't know. When I was reading Greg or, you know, uh, Greg May posted mm-hmm. uh, this year sort of a retrospective of when he did the Tour Divide. So you start basically at the Canadian border and ride to the Mexican, you know, to mm-hmm. Antelope Wells or whatever, New Mexico. So mm-hmm. you're basically um, down the, you know, the the, the, the Rockies. Um, and and I remember the, the year he did it, what I, I want to say it was, 20, well, it's 2016 maybe. Um, but maybe not anyway that, but he was posting that and, and what, the, the when he did it, I wasn't like switched on and quite enough to, um, to appreciate it. And then when he posted some retrospective stuff day by day, mm-hmm. um, this year, I realized like, oh, that is okay. There's something that I will never, I mean, I was 
it's not the kind of thing that appeals to me. It's, no, it's fucking, adventure cycling. It's, it's adventure cycling for 21 fucking days. Um, or, you know, and, and that's if you're good, you know, yeah, yeah. that's if you're moving, uh, moving, moving along and don't suffer. And then reading the one thing where he's just like, yeah, I had to, you know, uh, stop, you know, get a ride into Albuquerque or something to get my bike fixed and then get it back to where I had stopped and restart. And, mm. you know, all the, all the kind of stuff that goes, and it just, um, where I was like, okay, that's not the kind of thing that, that, it interests me um and and it got me asking like to myself what does mm. uh it, i mean it was super cool stuff to read and it, because you know i know and there's also guys who've done that you know the tour divide on a single speed and mm-hmm. you know any number of sort of you know wacky sub genres of 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 writing um no penny farthings as far as i could tell but uh, <laughs> um um and yeah, I'm not sure on the racing thing right now. You know, I was pretty excited about going to RPI last last year, mm-hmm. and but I, but that also comes with fitness. It comes with yeah, fitness yeah. appropriate to the task, and and you know we've always said that, you know increased fitness, increased capability expands the map, and, mm-hmm. and a map meaning you know and it can be a map of opportunity, it could be a map of you know just awareness, um, and you know having I, I mean I'll just say you know having at zero fitness Mm -hmm. there that coincides perfectly with zero desire yeah (laughs) i would i i I, yeah i totally agree with that and so then to you know do i want to get fit just to just for the fitness aspect or do i want to get fit so that i have desire so that i can start seeing things so that Mm -hmm. man if i click on that tab that's, you know, in the bookmarks bar, you mm-hmm. know, the high low Cali video, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, what is the, the thing, you know, somebody start putting just, it together. Yeah. yeah. Start putting it together. Cause Kangaroo and I were talking about like, could you do that in Colorado, mm. you know, from the lowest point, but it's really point. fucking far from the lowest point to the highest point that you can ride. Right. Um, you know, so it's like, it's, it's way more distance or, or, I mean, all these things are kind of contrived, but what you're, mm-hmm. what are you looking for is, okay, what happens, you know, six hours in, what happens 12 hours in, what happens 24 hours in? And I know on foot that, um, you know, cause of, uh, you know, that used to be a thing for me, but it's not now mm-hmm. like cause of hip replacement and cause you know, fucking ankle arthritis mm-hmm. and three knee surgeries and that shit. I'm just like, well, that, okay. So it's not going to be on foot. It's going to have to be on a bike. So, you know, or I'll take up sailboating or some <laughs> shit, you know, <laughs> Mark's new sports sailing. I know or a guy stand up. Yeah. Stand up paddleboarding or, well, so you know, I mean, I think uh, what you're talking uh, about, you're, you're describing like, I, I think you're right in that I need some ability to imagine what I might be able to experience, but you'll yeah. never know what you can experience. And that's everybody gets turned off by like that. Oh my, like I, you know, when I describe like hurting myself, like, yeah, I'm really fucked up. I tore my quad, my shoulders all fucked up. I've had yeah. slap tears, rebuilt, reconstructed elbow. All this stuff is uh, that might deter somebody like, Oh, I just want to be safe. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, do it. Like, I don't like, it's not that I don't want to be safe. It's just that I'm willing to risk something in order to have an experience. And that experience yeah is usually, well, it's indescribable because it's so different every time. But it's, that that experience is what I'm trying to get at. And I think that the only, the thing that I heard when in uh, Valley Uprising, when they're interviewing Dean Potter, and he was just talking about, like, he wants to be left alone so he can have an experience, so he can do his art. 
His art is his experience. How, yeah. However he sees that, he just wants to feel something different. And people would look at him like walking a tightrope, like, oh, what a fucking maniac. Like he's, he's, you know, he's insane. He's this, he's that. And he's like, no, he's, he's, he's just, he cut through the bullshit of what he needed to like remove all of the, you know, external objects and fantasies of grandeur about climbing mountain. And then he could just find that area sitting on the middle of a tightrope in between two rocks. Yeah. And I like that feeling of being out there is what I'm always trying to get. Of being so, and and mine isn't usually done with duration. It's usually with intensity or yeah. whatever. And so, when I look for activities like that, yeah, like I want to get out there, um, but I want to be able to get out there. So that like the the adventure cycling thing, man, I can't manage it. It doesn't manage my. I can't manage it because I can't manage also the the kind of functional body I want to have. Yeah. Like if I'm writing all day, every day, yeah. it doesn't really support other things that I like also enjoy doing, which is honestly in a vain way, it's looking a certain way. Like it, it, you just, sure. there's, this is imposing thing that like, yeah, in the end, yeah, I'm really vain and I want to have shoulders and, you know, <laughs> look like I do other things other than ride a bike. So that might be the thing. But then when we were in Mallorca, somebody mentioned that, Hey, it's a straight shot here to Ibiza and I there's people that have been talking about doing on a paddleboard (laughs) and I was like you know it's not that I like paddleboarding like I don't I haven't done it enough to actually like really enjoy the action of it it's actually kind of clumsy it's not fast it's whatever but it does support all the other things that I do so like you like okay I can't walk anymore uphill or whatever so i have to find not the tool. 12 hours straight right yeah. yeah i need the tool that allows me to have the experience yeah and i think that's what you need enough fitness to find the right tool to find the experience so it's like or you need to have enough this. compromises mm. to your fitness or your you know whatever <laughs> to, to 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 basically you know steer you to mm-hmm. the right tool that like okay if you if you want to continue having experiences based on duration mm-hmm. um, or sustained effort or whatever look it's going to happen on a non-impact thing and I fucking it like I hope I don't become some kind of paddle person but because um, <laughs> that means a roof rack and that mean you know it's like all kinds of shit but uh, <laughs> talk about carbon fiber ores and shit like you just geek out I mean yeah, it'd yeah, be another yeah. shit more shit to geek out on but it's um, different. But anyway, the, the <laughs> I yeah the the underlying fitness needs to be there in order to allow imagination to soar, mm-hmm. um, or or to, to to be open to it, you know the 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 ideas and and when it comes for me for myself for the bike packing thing, mm-hmm. um, at gravel camp we had this discussion you know because mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm never going to hang anything off my bike, <laughs> nor am I going to wear a fucking pack. Mm. Okay, so immediately what is available to me because of my limited as- distance, right? limited distance, yeah. limited duration because of an aesthetic problem that I have. But with, but, th- but with that's it. the same vein, but, right? Like that's, that is the vanity that we're both it, talking about. There is, yes, it is the vanity and it just has to do with like what I see as a, a human on a bicycle in the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like someone who's taken their house with them. So you said something a couple of weeks ago and you've said it before, but for some reason, 10 years later, it resonated. And I've okay. been thinking about it like almost nonstop. 
Oh shit. Yeah. And it, it was very <laughs> simple, but we were talking about um, going into the mountains and you're talking about the difference um, between insulating versus integrating. Oh yeah. And, and I've thought about like <laughs> how that is the aesthetic of like, no, I don't want to bombard with stuff. I want to come in seamlessly yeah. and do the thing and then leave without any trace like that. Like, I don't want to haul big packs around and gear and set up tents. Like, I want to sleep on the floor and get up and walk away. Like, yeah. I, that really is the the thing. And I think... It, I want to shiver in a fucking outhouse in Death Valley in my, yeah, certain, in my fucking ra- emergency blanket. Ra- I would rather... Which than, I can then stuff into my back pocket yeah. and then ride away. Yeah. So there is this aesthetic, but also it says something else about the preparation for, which is that um, it. I'm not... Um, what's the best way to put this? I am not trying to be something else. I'm trying to be of what I want to be, which is part of whatever environment you're going into. Because if you're of it, you're you're integrating into it right. and you're a part of it. You understand it better. You're not just guarding against everything and protecting, which is how most people move through life. They guard against everything. They set yeah. up these structures to protect against all elements and they're, you know, if the AC is never on, they're uncomfortable. If the heater is never on, they're, like they're in artificial environments. They'd never integrate even into their own life. So it made me think like, okay, so I want to, like, I like that aesthetic thing of like, I want to do activities that I integrate, not insulate against because I want to have a real experience. Yeah. But also what have I been insulating against on a daily basis? Like what am I guarding against that I can remove and that will remove some feature that I'm not noticing. And so it's, it's, it's gotten kind of interesting because I think it's blown up into a couple different categories that I'm wrestling. I'm not super articulate on it because I, I'm just still wrestling with it. But it's gone into financial things about okay. what I'm guarding against that I don't need to guard against. And it's gone into you know how the house is set up and the furniture is set. Like it's everything is... Like, why, why do I need that? Do I need that? I don't need that. Remove it. Can I get rid of it? And, and so that, that question, when you, when you, I mean, you just made some statement and I kind of like <laughs> had this like profound month of thinking about that over and over again. Cause I thought about it when we were in uh, Spain running around, it was like, we are free of everything. Like I have no baggage on me. I have this tiny little Citron three-cylinder car that I'm beating the shit out of. And when we stop, I put my sandals on and we go wherever we need to go. And like, if we don't have the appropriate gear, that's not the experience we're going to have. Yeah. But we were able to do everything without a worry or a thought about, oh, I didn't bring sunblock or I didn't because we were in the sun long enough the week before we didn't need sunblock anymore. And so you start to look like now you're integrating into the environment. Like I don't, I don't need um, certain things in the ocean because I'm okay with it. And I did step on a sea urchin, which fucking sucked. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so, that's a flashback to childhood. But, but it teaches you, hey, that like the environment bites back if you're not prepared to look and you're yeah. not prepared to actually be in it. And so, like that, that was kind of a. I, I I wish we weren't so comfortable sometimes just with everything because that that whole week of just going around thinking about those same things really set the tone for 
like, man, that's how I want to have kind of every experience. I want to integrate into it. I don't want to, to insulate, insulate against yeah. it or yeah, insulate myself while still trying to have it. Yeah. Which I, I think is a, a, a natural reaction in some way. I mean, there, there is, I, I remember uh, um, sometime and it's, you know, I never saw myself in the situation cause I was there. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't be outside myself and looking back and, uh, there's a picture um, that Colin Haley posted and they had just done run up to the top of McKinley or something mm-hmm. and, you know, a little stretch woven pants and super lightweight, you know, windshell or whatever. <laughs> and they're on top. And then there's some people behind them in like full on fucking down suits, yeah. you know, be, which, which is essential because of the pace, mm-hmm. right? That those people, they're moving so slow that they're not generating heat mm-hmm. because it's so you know, t- tough for them. And so they, they have to have the super boots and the, you know, the big down suit and all the, all the stuff. And, and they have to, you know, when they stop to take snacks out of their pack or something, I don't know. And, and, and to just look at like, okay, there's, and, and, and I think, and I think he was, um, with, uh, with this particular set of photos, uh, with a Norwegian kid, whose name escapes me now, but, um, uh, and, and they were, you know, it's just one day, you know, it's ah, a good weather window. We're just going to run up to the top, hang out, whatever. And the kid, the, the, you know, one of them is doing a handstand on the top or some shit like that. But they're just dressed super lightly because mm-hmm. they can move like fuck. Mm-hmm. They can move super fast because they're technically very, very, very competent. They're mm-hmm. super fit. They've been acclimatized for a long time. This is just like I'm going for a run day trip. in the neighborhood. It's a yeah. day trip. And, you know, and <laughs> and so looking at the juxtaposition of those two two mm-hmm. experiences, um to me, it's kind of says it all. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay, the, the more, the more competent you are, the more experience you have in the environment, the more skilled, you know, the skills you have to fall back on, the more fit you are. So the less, you know, calories and water you need, mm-hmm. like the more you integrate. I, and the layman will look at both of those and think like, oh, I climbed McKinley and they'll be like, oh, they're alpinists, but they won't understand that there is such a huge difference between how you can experience the same thing. Yeah. The destination may be X, right? but but how you do it changes everything. And I think, I I mean, so I can bring this back to nutrition too, because I, I think when a lot of people wonder why it's still interesting for me to think about nutrition, um, and I explained this, uh, to a friend of ours who, who was asking for, you know, hey, I've been doing the same stuff. What, what should I do? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's boring. Like, you obviously know how to control for the most basic calories. You understand macronutrient to the point yeah. of, you know, when fat is high and carbohydrate is high. So there's another point of this. And, and the goal is always to get rid of what I don't need. Like on my body and in what I put into my mouth is yeah. usually the same focus. It's it's not necessarily always aesthetic, although it might turn out that way because I don't need this fat, but I may need this fat or, you know, I I might want this mass. Therefore, I have to eat this food this this way in order to maintain this mass. Right. Yeah. And so it becomes less of a question of not just the vanity part of I want to look a certain way. It's like, what well, I don't need this excess. I can be leaner. And I think. That is integrating in with, as opposed to insulating against. It's the same fundamental theory. So how are we going to convince the 66% um, <laughs> that they don't need this excess? Well, they're plenty insulated. <laughs> it, they're, yeah, they're very insulated. They're, it's it's going to take a lot, a very long time to integrate. Um, but I was just kind of curious, like, uh, do, you, do, do you see the difference between what's necessary and what is excess? And why would you 
continue to carry the excess if like what was it i can't remember was it was it brian harder who said every 10 pounds you lose another joint stops hurting yeah yeah or it might have been yeah. him or it might have been andy doray or it was yeah. some, somebody in, in in one of our conversations previously i'm just it is it's true you're lighter less your footprint just is less, heavy just less stress yeah. yeah there's um there's something to be said for that for the most part but there, there's also well that would probably be going down the wrong rabbit hole. No, but it's but it, but this the idea of of ex of the of the excess, like okay, I don't need this, and and it's something that has happened for me in the the last little bit. Also, I'm looking at God, I don't own much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, generally. Yeah. Like I don't have a jet ski and a right. trailer, to, you know, or <laughs> something, or you know, that I've always wanted. Um, but, but you mean you're not the kind of guy that like trucks on a dually truck his apartment out to the woods and calls it camping? Calls it camping? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. But I, but I, but I, two things that I have an excess of are cameras and bikes. Hmm. Um, I unloaded some cameras the other day. Oh. I like the way the camera shelf looks now. It's a little bit lighter. There's still some stuff on there that, you know, of sentimental value that I'm that I won't get rid of. Mm. You know, but if it, if I but I got to this point where, I'm like, I, I, if I'm not using it, and I don't foresee using it, make way for something I'm going to use. Yeah. Or make way for just the lightness of the empty space. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, yeah, so I think a couple bikes are going to have to go too. And 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 when I think about it, it's like yeah, I could sell this for this amount of money, mm-hmm. and you know, trade this this material thing for money. Mm-hmm. Like no, just get rid of it. Like, it, yeah, maybe I get some money back, and it goes towards another tool or whatever. But yeah. mostly, it's the lightening, the emptying, the disassociation that is the satisfying thing right now. Yeah, I think that emptiness is the equivalent of walking uphill with less and less weight. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like you're feeling freer and freer and less encumbered and less burdened by stuff that you don't need or weight that you don't need or something which is glaring, mm. you know, that, that that's talking, you know, like use me, use me, use me, you know, like you bought me, use me, you said you wanted this, <laughs> use it. Yeah, like that, there is, uh, yeah, that I I had to get well, I, so I tried to sell my road bike. And then I pulled it off last minute because it became a collector's. Yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> we, I don't yeah. know what the hell that is all about. I'll probably still try to sell it because I, I don't foresee me. Just hold on to it for long, just long enough that yeah. people realize how great the Speed X is. Yeah. And then it's rare. And, and that, that, you know, how many did, did they end up delivering? Out of, um, they, they took payment for like 10 million bikes and like, yeah, delivered 500 of them or some shit. 200,000. And I think I got a thousand out or something. So I have one of those thousand bikes, <laughs> which I was super pissed because it was like a delayed by a year. And it's like, yeah. fuck these guys. But they ended, it ended up being like a billion dollar thing. Kickstarter thing. Yeah. It's like one of the biggest. Uh, so the. Like apparently the Chinese police state is involved into it. Like it, it goes so deep seated. Wow. <laughs> that apparently there's, you know, a hundred thousand unbuilt bikes in some warehouse somewhere in China. And the guys have, I think they've just disappeared. But um, after it became a collector's item, but I did the same thing. I was like, I don't foresee ever riding on the road again. And if I did, 
I've got a bike I can do that on. Wait, so a, a billion in in revenue and like a million out the door to get these bikes built and sent. And we're like, of course they disappeared. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Even if there's 10 geez. of them, they yeah. all got off. I don't know what ended suit. up happening to it, but uh, they, yeah, the, I'll have to go back and reread the story. I don't think they, they have a final outcome, but okay. it ended up being this really weird story where now, now there's just like, a thousand of these bikes in the world yeah. that are actually finished and they're pretty cool like conceptually they're really good bikes it has a lifetime warranty on the frame i don't think they're going to hold that up though I, it doesn't sound like there'll be any <laughs> sort of customer service number two call I, I, I should try calling it was hard enough to get information on the the kickstarter when i first got it so i'll probably have to let that go um but then i had what did i have uh i had an extra mountain bike in my basement that's just hanging yeah. out yeah and um vince was here one day and he was talking about, man, I'd really like to, you know, I was going to do Rebecca's, but I think his sister is getting married that weekend. So I can't do it. He's like, and I don't have a bike. I was like, Oh, you don't even have a bike. It's like nothing like not even a shitty mountain bike. And he's like, no. It's like, I was going to ask you guys, but I just, you know, didn't want to bother you. And I was like, I have a bike. And I was like, God, did I just give something away that, cause I did the same thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, I could make money off it. So I brought it down to him. And it's like a Cannondale lefty. It's actually a really nice bike. Okay. And so I was, he's like, well, how much do you want for it? And I was like, you know, it's not free. And he's like, okay. And I was like, but it's not money either. But it's not money. And I was like, <laughs> we take payments in flesh. Yeah. So um, Vince, I hope he doesn't mind me talking about this, but he was um, heavier than he wants to be. Yeah. So I asked him what he thought his realistic weight would be. Nice. Um, he thinks 225 would be appropriate. Okay. I think he's sitting around 265. Okay. And I was like, if you get under 230, bike is paid for. So he, like, if you don't, if you don't, it's five thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> it's I don't know expensive. what I'm going to charge for, but yeah, <laughs> I think that I think the pain of not ever paying for it would. I mean, certain individuals deal with debt differently. So yeah, um, yeah. So his goal, and it, it's shown. So he shows up. I just told him ride it. Like yeah, it might need to be tuned or something, yeah. but if you just ride it, it does more than what it was doing in my basement. And now my basement has an empty space. Yeah, lightened in yeah. my house. So I I agree. There's an aesthetic to removing more than there is to adding. Yeah, in most cases. In fact, that's how it is for the body. You're always removing stuff. You're not really adding things. And if you are, eh, you're talking about bodybuilding. It looks stupid. There's I, something <laughs> on it. And and let me just. I mean, if we are going there. Mm -hmm. I feel way better after taking a good shit than I do after <laughs> eating a good meal. It's true. The endorphins are a little bit different on each of those. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I haven't had a good enough meal yet. Right. I don't know. The, the aesthetics uh, of removal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I, I like... Maybe that it comes with ideas as well. Like the the idea that I have to finish this thing because it's hubris that dragged me to it. Yeah. And the ability to like get rid of that thing that attached me to um, an objective that I didn't really care about and an obligation that I wasn't really into. And getting rid of it made it a really fun <laughs> bike ride. Yeah. You know, a, a fun in the couple of sense good, that good conversations. Oh, yeah, I mean, I talked to Zach, you know, kind of, well, until we really started climbing. But I talked to him the whole way up. Yeah. I haven't ridden with him for a long time. And it was cool to be on his wheel 
for that long and remember how many times I fucking stared at the back of that guy's head. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's it's cool. Like it, it it was like a good tribute, but and I didn't need to finish it with him. He's doing something else. He needs to finish it, and he needed like yeah. Later, he said, "Man, I really should have not finished that." And I was like, "Yeah." You'll, when you know not to finish something, you'll know and you'll turn around and you'll feel totally fine about totally, it. Totally good, yeah. yeah. And if you don't feel fine, maybe don't turn around. Yeah. Like finish whatever you need to finish. but Because uh, I would never want that for anybody. But I mean, there's some cases where you're like, no, I have to finish this thing. Others, you don't need to. It's not. I'm, I'm getting okay <laughs> with it. I'm getting okay <laughs> with it. I mean, there's a lot of shit I failed to finish. Um mm inspecting copies of refuge for example oh, <laughs> which fuck. i need to go do right now and uh speaking of which yeah speaking of um because we got to print that other eight thirty tomorrow morning oh yeah we're on the Shit. uh we're on the press line yeah it's happening yeah so anthology will be printed are we gonna do a pre-sale i don't know we'd need to decide on a price first i mean i think oh it's, yeah um but that would be that'd be easy we just flip the coin because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we printed this week and bound next week and should be available. We should have, let's just, I'm just going to go in August 1st. We'll have copies, everything delivered in hand. All right. Which is yeah. pretty remarkable. Since we're doing a soft cover, it can all be done in-house. Yeah. There's a, there's some uh, lamination of the covers that needs to be done off-site, but it's like three blocks away from Paragon. Oh, okay. so, so it's all um, local. So it's, lo- it's all, it's all local. And, uh. The the proof looks good. Um, I don't know how we come up with a price for something that took two years um, and a bunch of contribution and yeah, a bunch of editing and all the work that's gone into it. But we'll figure it out. Um, we did finally announce another symposium. Yes, we did. S- September twenty first and twenty second. Twenty second. So the twenty first is the theory day. So that's all discussion all dialogue, all jibber jabber, and then a dinner after that. Um, and then, uh, so that'll be the whole day, probably uh, maybe a little bit of moving around just to break up the, yeah, I think we'll have to, and maybe I'll plan something for the morning. Um, and then Sunday is a practical application day. So the idea behind it is going to be a little bit different than what we've ever done, which is, uh, it's only trying to integrate, you know, all yeah. things into yeah the, to to concurrent time. Take the theory and make it applicable. And so, um, there's less people that are allowed to actually sign up. So, for the second day, yeah, yeah. It just as a, a as a management issue, yeah. yeah, and a space issue. But we will have um, theoretically um, three different groups cycling through different efforts, different instruction, learning about movement, learning about uh, pacing, stuff like that. So it'll be an all-day activity. It'll be rigorous, and you'll be exhausted. After that, we'll think of something. We'll probably just go out to dinner or something for that. But Friday, the night before, are we really going to say this? I think we. I think we have to, because you know, it's the same thing with signing your name on the dotted line. You just then you have to do it. Fuck. (laughs) I'm not ready. I'm not. I'm not comfortable announcing that yet. Okay. I mean, just because. Okay, we'll build. We'll build, build some tension. Well, we need to build some tension. Curiosity. Tension on that. I need to make sure. Absolutely. God damn. We'll keep it a secret. 
Actually, how about this? No, let's keep it a secret. Let's keep, yeah. Yeah, we'll announce it officially. There will be something Friday night. Yeah. Look for that. I'm excited more about that than probably anything this year. (laughs) Selena said something similar like, that would be the best birthday gift ever, even if it's late. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Third week of third weekend in September, something like that. Whatever. Perfect. All right. Well, that's all I got. Let's uh, let's finish this one. Nice.